whether it's overexcitement, is it that we are overexcited or something? I don't know. I, I have this sense that maybe we are overexcited. But um, I have nothing to say right now. All I can say is that please, let's put our hands together and let's welcome our very own. Uh, we have to hear his voice. There is no way that it will not be possible. Hey, say hello to him. I am shy. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. I bring you greetings from Johannesburg, South Africa. God has been good, and uh, God was with us, and we saw the hand of God in the church. We saw the church thriving, and... Um, we saw a lot of miracles as well. Amen. Yes. Deaf ears opened, and I tried this fibroid, and everything healed. It was very. Yeah. Actually, two deaf ears were open, and it's, it's fantastic. And it was very specific. The Spirit of the Lord said, Two deaf people are here. They should come. They came. Everything that we said, they stopped the right ear, which was hearing properly. The left ear, which has never heard for years, began to hear. And uh, we thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm also happy to come and meet a thriving church here. And, uh, some people have decorated my office very nicely. I was feeling very special. Anyway, but today I'm on my day off, so I also came to church. So let's hear Pastor t preach to us. Let's welcome Pastor Gloria. Hallelujah. Ah, how many of us are just happy that Reverend is back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have your bell for what? No, Sunday. Oh, you mean like today's welcome? No, so do it. You do your welcome properly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What a joy. Phoebe says that, Mommy, you are really, really childish. Daddy hasn't been gone that long. I mean, please stop overdoing it. It's, it's not that deep. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told her that when she gets her husband, she can treat it. I mean, anyhow she wants to treat it. Hallelujah. Amen. But we thank God for traveling mercies. Yeah, we should never take things for granted. Not everybody goes and comes. Do you know that? Yeah. And um, when God brings our pastor, father, our husband, our <laughs> everything back here. We have to let God know that we are really happy about it. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Me, I'm happy on many levels. Don't let your mind go far. AC, what's your problem? Stay focused on the word of God. Hallelujah. But, um, we are grateful. Amen. So... I mean, I'm sure some of you thought that, God, oh gosh, we are not going to hear this woman's voice again. But unfortunately, <laughs> the voice still exists. Amen. Yeah. I went somewhere. Somebody told me that my 
voice is a preaching voice. I said, hey. You know, I know it was meant to be an insult, but I took it as a compliment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. See? Your, your viewpoint and your opinion matters. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I want to thank you for all those who have actively welcomed Reverend Minister Sheila. God bless you. Amen. Yeah. Bila Evans, Pastor Sam, all of you. God bless you. Amen. In your own diverse ways. And for everybody, your prayers, your everything. You know, it is, it's a blessing. I pray that you too, may you be celebrated as you go and as you come. Amen. And today I want us to continue looking. Yeah, tell your neighbor, change. Tell your neighbor, change, change. Okay. Tell, tell, tell your neighbor, it's time. It's time to change. Amen. <laughs> Haven't you even realized that, I mean, sometimes when something is really, really, really out of fashion, and somebody is still wearing or doing it, it becomes worrying. I mean, yeah. You see, there are some types of shoes that if somebody walked in here right now, you know, most of us will be overwhelmed. And if you were born in the 60s or 70s, you can easily faint. Yeah. The shoe was called guarantee. Now we call it a block. But you see, it's not the same. Yeah, no, but you see, the block of today is not the same as the guarantee of yesteryears. Do you understand? Yeah, because the block of today has stability. The, <laughs> the guarantee of the day had no stability. Sorry? No, it wasn't guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> when you stand on it, you have to trust God. Yeah. And it went with only one particular kind of trousers. Do you understand? The trousers has to be tied from the waist to the knee. And then from the knee to the leg, the ankle becomes flare. You can picture it. You can if you like, go and walk uh, top of the pops, isn't it? From the 1970s, you, you will see. And you are entitled to any color. Yeah, and any fabric too. So you can just, yeah. But if somebody wore it now, yeah, I will question the person's... Um, Stability. Do you understand? We we'll assume that the person is not maybe stable or something. Yeah. So sometimes change is needed. Amen. Tell somebody change, change, change. Tell the person that behavior has to change. Yeah. You see, Friday we have all night, isn't it? From 10 to 2. So those of us who normally don't come for all night, change, 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 change. I'm just trying to give you a good example of change. Amen. Yeah. Is there anybody visiting us? This is your very first time in CICC Calvary International. Give me a wave. Yeah. Is this your very first time here? Yeah, give me a wave. Oh, okay. Is there anybody? Do you know this is um, 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 Ian's first Wednesday service? Yeah. <laughs> Don't even start that with him. But then, um, just recently, um, you know, I, I saw a picture of somebody here. I don't even know whether this is the right forum to share it. Should I share it? I should not. Yeah. I saw a picture of somebody yeah, very dear to Ian. <laughs> uh, he didn't know where I was going. <laughs> he, said he, he said, say it, say it, say it. Then <laughs> now I've, I've started saying, now he says, hey. 
You, you should have asked before, what, what am I going to say? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was minding my business somewhere, and then I saw something really beautiful and something absolutely gorgeous and something absolutely um, defining and something, you know, you know, really, really of great um, repute, something of... Um, yeah, something that was definitely crafted. Which is adding some to it. <laughs> yeah. We have looked at um, things that ought to change and things that shouldn't change, isn't it? There are some things in your life that should not change. There are some things in life that does not change. The word of God does not change, isn't it? The plans of God does not change. The will of God, you know, will forever be established. The word of God, we cannot add, we cannot subtract, we cannot change it. Amen. Yeah, I am the Lord, I change not. The love of God does not change, isn't it? The faithfulness of God does not change. Yeah. But we explain that what may not change, why may not change, but the how is subject to change. Amen. The how is subject to change. God gave us a great commission. He said we should go out, isn't it? To Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, to the uttermost part, you know, and make disciples of him. That one will never change. Amen. But as to how we reach Judea, how we do the witness is subject to us. Amen. And um, I think it's a really important thing because sometimes when the pressures of the world even enters the church, we are tempted to change things that we ought not to change. Do you understand? Yeah, by maybe a desire to become seeker-friendly or to become receptive to the world or, do you understand, welcoming. But that does not mean we should change who God is or what the word of God is or, do you understand, try and rewrite scripture. But we must always adapt ourselves. And I told you that you can either be an agent of change or a victim of change, isn't it? Yeah, you can either be, you know, there's a book, it's a sort of a management book, it's called Who Moved My Cheese? How many of us have read it? Okay, please try and read, eh? <laughs> please, I beg you. It's a small book like that, the pages are like, but you, I told you to buy, get it. Who Moved My Cheese? Everybody was supposed to get it, you see. Ah, okay. So, I, 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 according to Pastor Samnanda, I told uh, some years back. Uh, yeah, but those years back, some people are here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the essence of the book is how people do not see change coming and do not reach it. Do you understand? So, they've been doing something, doing something, now they come and see that the thing is not being done that way. So it's been moved. It's gone on. You understand? The cheese has relocated itself, you, you, you know, and they've been left behind. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so there are certain things that, um, you know, like you, you find people and they are so proud. They say, oh, as for me, I've never owned a mobile phone before. You see, it's not a good thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not something you should be so uh, proud of. 
Do you understand? In this uh, 21st century, because there's no red box to make a phone call. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. And if you get stranded, what would you do? You understand? What so it's not a good thing to be able to say, oh, no, I don't. I've never used a mobile phone before. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a good thing. You know. And um, last week we started having a look at some things that must change, isn't it? And I tried to explain to us that improving certain things is not necessarily change. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Improving certain things is not necessarily change. It's a very deceptive way of staying where you are. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. A redecorated donkey is still what it is anyway. <laughs> you know, so don't, don't, don't shift slightly and think that it has transformed. Do you understand? Sin is sin. When you reduce the volume of it, it doesn't change what it is. Do, do you understand? It needs to change. It needs to go. You need to turn around. It's not something that you play around with. Do, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of a Christian. Are you born again? Well, I'm in the process. You understand? Yeah, those are very dangerous places. And that is why you end up getting so many Christians who are very lukewarm. Because your lukewarmness may appear warm. Do you understand? But, death, but it's still a very dangerous place to be. Today I wanted us to have a look at another kind of change. I think we also changed, uh, talked about your source must change, isn't it? Yeah, the source of your trust, the source of your, your strength, you know. Yeah, curse is the man who puts his trust in man, isn't it? Yeah, confidence in an unfaithful man is like what? A broken tooth and a foot out of joint. <laughs> and not all. So your pain is from the tooth to the leg. Yeah, if you had said a broken tooth or there may be one is going on. It's an end. So whilst your tooth is aching, your leg is, the whole body is in. And you see if you've had proper toothache, the pain on the nerve affects. Yeah. And that is what happens when your source is man. Is man. Amen. And I think I tried to address that issue, that we have so much confidence in people we ought not to have confidence in, and things that we ought to have not have confidence in. Amen. Yeah. Because you realize that rich people sometimes become poor. Isn't it? Yeah. You can be as healthy as what, and then become unhealthy. It takes a very little thing and a very, a very, very small. I mean, uh, uh, Somebody I went to primary school with was just a few years ahead of me. And a couple of days ago, the weirdest, weirdest, weirdest of things comes out of his house. So he's just out of his gate. And then a car knocks him off. Dead. Right? So his wife comes out to find her husband. Dead. Yeah. So what is our source and what is our... What, what do we... What is our confidence in? I'm sure he had plans for the week after and the week after. Yeah. But then I think next week they're burying him. Yeah. Prince has opened his mouth like. <laughs> yeah. Today I wanted to talk about change of attitude. Change of attitude. <laughs> I was listening to something today. 
somebody was giving Marit a singles counseling. And the person's main counseling was that some ladies are still not ready for a serious relationship or serious marriage because they have still not learned how to smile. The expression on their face is not conducive for fellowship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want, I'm going to talk about a specific particular attitude, but when we say attitude, all of us can think of an attitude that's not good, isn't it? But my question to us today is that we ourselves, is there an attitude we have that must change? You see, yeah. Is there an attitude that we have? That, you see, because when they said the smiling thing, I realized that it's true. Yeah, because the Bible says that the one who has many friends must first show himself friendly, isn't it? Yeah, so you can't frown and be praying that, Lord, give me a husband. Because the person may, may pass by, as soon as they see your face, they'll make a U-turn. It's, a, it's an attitude. Yeah. Yeah, somebody, too, somebody too has a great smile. You know, looks really attractive. You know, very nice. Always sharp looking, whatever. But when they open their mouth, they're so rude. It immediately dissolves all beauty. Rudeness dissolves. It just, it just neutralizes everything. That's why they say that, listen, sometimes when somebody is quiet, you can never tell whether they are foolish or they are what. <laughs> hmm. That's why sometimes the best thing to do is to keep quiet. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, uh, husbands who uh, instruct their wives that when we go out, don't say anything. <laughs> don't, don't say anything. Just don't talk. Just keep, your, just keep the smile on. Will come home and then when they ask you a question, not <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you open your mouth, they will change their perception of you. you the impression that they have. Haven't you realized that sometimes somebody is giving a spouse, maybe the husband, the wife is people are giving the husband a great compliment, or they are giving the wife and their spouse can't talk. <laughs> oh, your wife, she's so, and they have to just say. Um, let the compliment pass. Say, you haven't seen her attitude just yet. But today I wanted to talk about apathy. Amen. Apathy. And you see, I was looking at the word and I realized that it covered a wide spectrum. And one of the things that destroys nations, destroys families, destroys churches is apathy. It's apathy. And I'm going to give you a couple of things that will just define it. And then we'll look at a few scriptures and then um, we'll go home. Apathy. It's an attitude. 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 Because when we say an attitude, it means it's a way of behavior, isn't it? Yeah, when we say an attitude, it's a way of behavior. And you see, especially as Christians, we can use our spiritual, you know, prowess to cover bad attitude. Apathy means a lack of involvement, a lack of 
involvement. A lack of involvement. Apathy means to be passive. It means to be passive. It also means to be detached. It also means to be detached. It means to be unresponsive. Give the Lord a shout. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Oh, clap. Give the Lord a clap. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor you are blessed. Unresponsive. Uninterested. Uninterested. And, you know, I was watching, uh, a few years ago, I was watching a service, and then the, the pastor uh, showed a clip, and the clip was of himself um, during various things, like when they are having maybe pastor's meeting or, you know, when he's unconcerned. And they are taking, so he had been watching different clips and he had just pulled up bits of himself, you know, and realized that his resting face, like when he's not conscious, you know, and he had put a lot of the clips and then he showed it to the church and the people were excited and they loved and they were like, look at how he has made his face so serious and look at how he's, and they loved and loved and loved. When they finished up, he said, good, now that you have laughed at me, you also have clips of the congregation. <laughs> so they showed, of what he was preaching, they showed the faces of the people. Uninterested. <laughs> Unconcerned. You know, and, and the person was showing it too, and the video people were being very naughty. Because when they showed their face, then they zero in on the person's current <laughs> yeah. Haven't you realized that when you see something that is really bad, you become conscious of it? Yeah. I'll give you a good example. One thing I realized and I vowed that, oh, this thing is so bad. Because sometimes you don't realize it. It's when you sit on a train or on a bus or something and people are having a conversation or they're, ha they're on the phone and they're talking loudly. Yeah. But you see, it's easy to see it in somebody else. But maybe if you are with your friend, you will just be chatting away, not realizing the impact is having on the environment. And then especially when they have a neutral language that, you know, nobody understands. And they are talking at the, you know, high voice. And everybody is just looking at them and they cannot notice. You realize when you are sitting back, you see, but you're not supposed to say men. You're supposed to say, oh, okay. I don't do that. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Unconcerned. Lack of enthusiasm. Lack of enthusiasm. Lack of enthusiasm. That's why I said that even in a nation, you can have apathy. Because most of us right now, we don't care who wins the, uh, this thing, isn't it? The, our next prime minister, most of us don't care. Yeah. I just saw a picture. They had put two uh, 
one president of a country and another one of our to be president, and they put them together. They had done miniature versions of them. They said the twins. <laughs> he said that God was kind enough not to put the two of them in one country. <laughs> yeah, but some of us are not interested in it. We don't have any enthusiasm. There are a lot of us here who probably should be voting, but I've never voted. It's apathy. Yeah, it's apathy. And that's why we get what we get. And that's why I get frustrated when I see people demonstrating. Yeah, people who got so angry with one of those presidents, they didn't vote. But they are ready to go and demonstrate. Indifference. Indifference. Well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And a lot of us, we apply that in the house of God. In the house of God. In the house of God. Well, if church works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. After all, we have option. If the church doesn't work, we'll find another church to go to. Then boredom. 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 Luke 11. Now let's read a scripture. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Apathy. Ask your neighbor which area of your life are you experiencing that? Eunice, read NLT. Luke chapter 11. The first thing I want to tell you is that there is nothing like having a neutral position. Yeah, there is nothing like having a neutral position. Luke 11, read it. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. No, verse 23. Verse 23. The Anyone same scripture can be found in Matthew 12, 30. Luke, Luke chapter 11, verse 23. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Amen. Oh, let's all read it together. Yeah, aren't you surprised that anyone who isn't with me opposes you? Think that if I'm not with you, it doesn't mean I'm against you. If I'm not working with you, it doesn't mean I'm not I'm working against you. But the Jesus, Jesus, the words of Jesus, Jesus is saying that if you are not with me, you are against me. Yeah, if you are not working with me, you are opposing me. I am saying this to cancel out some of the. Uh, uh, positions we take in life, whether it's towards family, whether it's towards church, whether it's towards friends or whatever, if you are not on the person's side, you are against. That's why there's no middle ground. There's nothing, it's not true. There's no middle place. There's no place like, okay, well, as for me, yeah, I'm non-aligned. Do you understand? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying this to encourage somebody that you will always be tested. 
to see where your allegiance lies. You will always be tested. Yeah, you will be tested in relation to your church, in relation to your pastor, in relation to your friends, in relation to your spouse, you'll be tested. Because you see, if your husband or your wife does something wrong, or supposedly, or maybe they make a mistake, do you understand? And maybe the mistake is being thrown on the floor, and then you, are, you decide that, well, she did make a mistake, so this one, I'll sit it out. You're not sitting it out. You're against her. You are against her. You are against her. Yeah. For those of us who are in this church, if you go somewhere and somebody is saying something bad about the church, and you are like, I will not say anything. You have said something. You're not saying it's the saying. And sometimes not saying is louder. Yeah. Listen, if we come to church and reverend is preaching and I decide that I'll squeeze my face or I'll have some straight face on and I don't say anything, I would have said a whole lot of things. Yeah. So there is nothing like, yeah, I'm neither here nor there. You are somewhere. You are somewhere. You are somewhere. I am trying to help somebody. Because for a lot of us, we have walked on that road and found it so normal. Yeah. Some of us, people have called us and ridiculed the church or ridiculed another church member. And we have engaged in it because we thought it was just on a neutral level. It's not on a neutral level. Yeah. If you are not with me, you are against me. It's as simple as that. So when you think that, oh, as for me, I'm not really worldly. I'm not really, I'm not. No, you are. And Jesus put the same. He said that if you are not working with me, you are working against me. So I'm telling somebody in this church now, that if you are part of this church and you wouldn't do anything in the church, you are working against the church. You are not neutral. It's not like, oh, I'm not real. I have no gift and I don't particularly have something. I say that I'm a good example to destroy that notion. Yeah, because the most untalented <laughs> community are here. So if we can do something, then there's no way anybody can say I can't do anything. Yeah. So saying that I won't do anything is the same, same thing as saying that I'll work against it. Haven't we re have you realized And we, it applies to every area of your life. Those of us who like uh, keeping our money, keeping our money, keeping our money, you realize that you think you're keeping your money, you're keeping your money, but the money is not being kept. Because the money does not stay neutral. Yeah. You may decide that as for this, I don't use it for. As for this, I don't use Some people, they don't take care of their family. But it doesn't mean they don't use their money. That's why they say that, especially for the young ladies, when you go and meet somebody and you realize that they like shopping a lot for themselves, be careful. <laughs> First Corinthians 9. First Corinthians chapter 9. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Anyone who isn't working with me is working against me, working against me. 
is working against me. Do you know that for everybody on this planet, there is somebody who doesn't like you? Oh, let me make it be rest assured. I just want to reassure you that there is somebody on this planet who does not like you. Whew. There is somebody in your family who doesn't like you. There is somebody in the church who doesn't like you. There is somebody at your workplace who doesn't like you. There is somebody who doesn't even know you who doesn't like you. Because sometimes when you realize comments that people make on social media, you realize that they don't know the person, but they don't like the person. First Corinthians 9, read from verse 16, read up to 90. Read the NLT. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16 to 19. Yet, preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment, but I have no choice, for God has given me this, this sacred trust. What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charge, charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all, to all people to bring many to Christ. Amen. Amen. You see, this was Paul talking, but I believe that it applies to all of us. He said that I, I'm a free, he said, I am compelled to teach. He said that even though I'm free, I have to become a slave to win. Yeah. I can't be indifferent. And I don't think that we can be Christians and be indifferent. Yeah, most people become saved and then they become apathetic to everything. They become indifferent, unconcerned, uninterested. Well, if it happens, it happens. But Paul said, no, no, no. No. Go back to the verse 9. Verse 16. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I'm compelled by God to do it. I believe that for all of, all of us, there is something that we are compelled by God to do it. We are compelled by God to do it. And last week I was saying something, I said that listen, the only people who enjoy whatever life they are living are those who are doing it to the fullest. To the fullest. Today is Wednesday, we can give the example properly. To the fullest, to the fullest. The people who enjoy their faith are those who are inside the faith to the fullest. The, the, those who are into drugs, the ones who take their, all the drugs, they have no limit. Yeah. Those who enjoy swimming are not those like me. Knee level, knee level. Knee level, knee level. We're going to splash the water. But you can see that those who go into the deep, they are the ones who see the wonders of God. Deep of anything. Deep of anything. Yeah. As soon as you have an apathetic attitude towards anything, you don't enjoy the thing. You don't get the best out of the thing. Yeah. If you see people who really like food, when they are talking about food, it's very different. The texture of the, you know, the days and the, the and you're like, really? Please. You see that it's not your calling. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you see that the person who, then the person who put some of the, whatever, the design, the man, I don't know. Yeah. And even those who are wine tasters, they simply, so it's tangy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's got that, it's got that length. How can a drink have length? But it's because they have gone into it. And they are doing it with a certain heart. They are interested in it. They are enthusiastic about it. They are concerned about it. They are, you know, they like it. They want it. They are not indifferent to it. Yeah. For some of us, certain things, we are indifferent to it. Do you understand? Yeah, for some of But there are some things in your life, like your faith, that you cannot choose to be indifferent to. You see, and that's why I told you that improvements are not good. Because some of us, we have become so indifferent. It's like, so long as I make it to heaven, it's okay. It's not true. In fact, the assurance of you making it to heaven is being sure that you are hid in Christ in God. That no part of you can be seen. Because the devil will let you think that, listen, so long as you have received salvation, you are not okay. It's not true. Reverend always tells us that the people who die in battle are not the ones fighting. It's not the ones fighting who are normally. No, no, no. It's normally the mothers and children, those who didn't actually take part in the fight. But you see, the church has become so laid back. And so that even sometimes to talk about something, you have to explain. Do you understand? You have to explain, redefine, um, put it in context, put, you know, Give it a, a framework within which to operate in a certain environment. It's not true. It is not true. Your salvation is secured as you go deeper into it. In fact, and your, the sustenance of your salvation, I'm telling you, is actually dependent on others. One of the things that will keep you in check is those who are looking up to you. So when you have a hunger and a desire for others and you want somebody saved or somebody is saved and you want them to grow up, because of your desire to see them mature in the faith, you have to put your life in order. Apathy will kill your faith and will even cause you to backslide. Yeah, in fact, normally before you backslide, you become indifferent. You are there, but you are not there. That is, you are, you are on a journey to the left. But the devil always uses it. That's why I say that that kind of pseudo change, slight change, is more demonic sort of change, gradually changing. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we use expressions that make sense. I'm working progress. Yes, we are all working progress. But certain things must change. Yeah, certain things must change. Certain things. Yeah, um, on, a, on a ladies' platform uh, yesterday, some countries were playing football on a ladies' platform. On a ladies' platform. The desire they had for these two teams, both of which were not playing well. <laughs> but you could see that there were about four or five of them giving consistent commentary. 
one goal scored on this, this person not playing where the leg of this, the this, that, that, the this, that, giving that, that, giving that, that. Yeah. But you could see that they had enthusiasm. Then when they finished, they gave a uh, summary. Not too bad a game. We'll do better next time. We'll do. <laughs> yeah. Then you had me. I cleared the whole uh, message trail. I was blocking my day. It was like volume. Absolutely no interest. Absolutely. You see, man, when I look at my WhatsApp and I see 140 messages, I just delete. I, I said, if there's anyone inside that's important, I'll, I'll get to know. But then when you look inside, you see those, you know the way when the, uh, the communication, now you can copy the one you're responding to. So somebody will answer that and put a face. Then someone will answer the face and put a hand. Then someone will answer the hand and put, and then it works up to 300 messages. <laughs> and then sometimes somebody, when you wake up, you realize that they had been doing this 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And this particular uh, primary school platform, when you leave it, they put you back immediately. <laughs> so the only thing you can do is that you just leave it for a while, then you delete all of it. <laughs> leave it for a while, then you delete all of it. Yeah. But then you see that there are two groups of us on the platform. One is intensely, and in fact, there's one particular person there, apart from doing the respond, respond, Every month, he calls all the 70 or so people one by one. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you call me out. <laughs> but you see, it's what some of us, that is what we are doing with God. So we are looking at others. You see, because some of us do, we respond you know, yeah, let's pray. Then we answer. Yeah, that's, we are answering. Then you have those who delete all. <laughs> but that is one area you cannot afford to do that. That is one area you cannot afford. Listen, there is something about your relationship with God that apathy cannot come in. Yeah. And you see, because we can't see the correlation between it and that, sometimes we just take it for granted. Yeah. You know, I think I told you guys a week ago, I was having this major struggle on this project I'm doing that, I mean, it was like, this is it. I've just got to let it go. This morning, I dressed up, took my bag, took my laptop, entered that office ready for the fire. You know, I prepared for the fire and I knew the fire was waiting for me. I opened the door. And then I saw the chief executive, then I saw the director. As soon as they saw me, oh, Gloria, we're just telling the uh, oral auditors about you, about what an amazing job you have produced for us. And uh, I was confused because they had come with a fight. <laughs> I'd come with a certain determination that today I shall destroy somebody. <laughs> I tell you, and I was so ready that I was confused. He said, come, come. And then they went, they said, without her, we wouldn't have been able, you know, that. And because of that, we're actually going to pay for her to go away, 
You know, she can choose wherever she wants to go, and we're going to pay. I was confused. <laughs> yeah. By the time they finished this conversation, I went to have a chat with the people. They said this is one of actually the best this thing they've ever got ever. That, uh, you know, this, and they're amazed at, you know, how I was able to put this together in such a short time. Blah, blah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, then now they ask me, so why was I here? <laughs> I said, uh, I came to see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, I I just left the office. I called Reverend. I said, but, but I remember, remember Yeah, I was on my, I, I called Reverend. I said, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> God has just shocked me, embarrassed me, ridiculed me. All my fight is inside my mouth. <laughs> but he also told me that God fights our battles. And even the little thing we do, we do, God makes it look so amazing. Because as far as I was concerned, the whole weekend I'd be telling Reverend, I didn't complete it. I'm fed up with it. I couldn't get it done. It was just, I stopped it. I just did what I could. I, uh, yeah. And I was upset with myself because I felt I didn't produce. And I entered there and not knowing that thing had been elevated onto, oh, they had sent an email to all the bosses there. Yeah. But I don't have a passion for that. But I have a passion for God. And in that, he makes the things that even I don't care for. He told Solomon, he said, because you haven't asked for the life of, and you haven't asked for wealth, and you have, but you have asked for wisdom to lead these people. In addition to it, I will add. But you see, because I naturally do even a secular work unto God. I do a secular work unto God. But you only learn it from God. Paul said, listen, I'm free. I can choose not to care. If nobody else gets saved, it doesn't matter. But I choose to. I choose to. I choose to. And you get so much joy. I, I mean, I, you see, for, what I'm saying to most of you, you don't understand. For the next one week, I don't have to say anything. But it will pay me. I don't even have to surface anywhere. I'll sit here and do the work of God. And obey me. But because the little I'll do for them, I'll do it as unto God. Yeah. But you learn it if you serve God well. When you serve God well, you don't realize that you are develop, developing certain habits and certain attitudes. See, for some of us, we have reversed it. It's like we don't care about the things of God. We don't care about the work of God. We don't care about the house of God. And we are chasing the thing that we can't catch. We are chasing and we can't catch it. You see, when I was leaving the place there, I could see that most of the people sitting in an open plan office. I'm sure they were wondering, what exactly does she do here? She walks in here every now and then, walks out of here. I said, go and find Jesus. Go and find Jesus. Kill that indifference. Kill that indifference. Some of us, even if we like something, we won't show it. Show it. 
Show it. When you love somebody, show it. I tell you, today, today when Reverend got here, the way Bula came to her, girl, she, Kian was like, do it again. I said, I was trying to clear this. Listen, it's just natural. You can't, now she has to go and fake it. Like, can't, can't. He says that he didn't capture the moment. She, 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 she can't do it again. No. Show it. Show it. Show it. Show it. Yeah. You'll see how happy you'll be. You'll see how happy you'll be. Oh, I'm telling you. Your life will be joyful. And you see, learn it from me. Because, you see, for me, I was indifferent to most things in life. And I, have, I had no ability to show affection. I just, I just thought it was unnecessary and a waste of time. And really, there's more things to do in life than... But then you realize that so will your life be. Because you see, in showing affection, your heart is also filled with joy. And that's the beauty about God. That anything you are giving, you get more of. If you are giving kindness, you get more kindness. If you are showing love, you get more love. If you are even giving financially, you get more wealth. Whatever it is you are giving, you get it. I don't know whether to give you one more before we go. Luke 9. Let's read this one and then we go. Is somebody going to be more responsive? Yeah. More responsive. Yeah. In the next, in two weeks' time, my very best friend is going to come here. I'm not going to introduce her, but when she comes, you know that she's the one. She has no bone. I mean, she's the one person on the planet who will do anything with you and for you. Any time of the day. <laughs> if if, if, if I, I, I have just decided to pick a fight, she will let the fight happen. <laughs> Listen. She's a ride or die. die, die. <laughs> If, if somebody has upset me, she doesn't want details. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> and where is the person? If you call her in the middle of the night with an emergency, she just asks where. That's all. And she's there. If you're in need of something, unless she doesn't have it. If she doesn't have it, but she knows somebody who has it, or knows somebody who knows somebody who tell you. I mean, I don't see her often, but my mother has never been unwell that she hasn't been there. Yes, yes, yes. She'll go. In fact, my mother relies on her, I think, even more than me. Because no. And you see, that is actually her attitude towards life. So God has blessed her. God has blessed her. God has blessed her. Oh, listen, even, you see, I'm fussy like what I eat and things like that. She, she eats everything. So she and Reverend are really close on certain levels. They are best friends. <laughs> because they can taste any animal. And then, I, I mean, she will, she will, say, she will ask, she, when I'm, I've done my face, she will ask, isn't it food? <laughs> 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 
But you will see that the fact that she always has enthusiasm. I mean, good or bad. <laughs> she always has enthusiasm. So life has also been good for her. Life has been really good for her. And God makes a way for her always. Yes. Because she'll be there in the middle of the night. She'll sit in her car and come. Sometimes we'll arrive and maybe it's late. And it's just, oh, we have come. Just letting you know we have come. I mean, after all, we are going to be here for a little while. Oh, 30 minutes. That's all right. Some of us too will never do anything. Never go any extra money. Never. Me, myself, and I. And then you, you don't understand why your whole life too is me, myself, and I. Yeah, you will reap what you sow. So if you are uninterested in everybody's matter, nobody will be interested in your matter. If nothing concerns you, nothing of yours will concern anybody. Luke 9. Let's end with this. And let's go home. I pray that somebody will receive a certain grace and a certain understanding. Yeah. It is a passionate thing to have a certain desire and a certain heart and a certain mind. But it starts first with God. It starts first with God. It starts first with God. You know, yeah. Joel and Prince have done a little video with some of you here. When I watch the video, you sense the enthusiasm. You understand? You sense the heart that is in it. So when God opens certain doors for them, don't hate. Don't hate. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Yeah, Eunice. Luke 9, 57 to 62. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, Come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 One of the ways we are going to kill it is to stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Tell somebody why you stop making excuses. You see that in this passage, the first person, and you see, I like the fact that they don't put names to them, and we they say that someone said to him, a certain man, someone, someone can be Gloria, someone can be Beulah, someone can be Shawnee, someone can be Palmer, someone can be anybody, someone. Someone. And that someone said, I will follow you wherever. And then Jesus even tried to dissuade the person by saying, you want to follow me? If you follow me, no cover. You are totally exposed. Foxes have holes. The son of man has nowhere to lay. Said. Then the one that Jesus went to and said, follow me. 
The first one, he came and said, I'll follow you. The second one, Jesus went and said, follow me. He said, oh, I have to go and bury my father. And went. He said, oh, yeah, I have to go and say bye-bye to the people. And, 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 and. Anything you don't want to do is not because you don't want to do it. It's just because you're making an excuse. I just want you to know that it doesn't matter how important it appears, it is an excuse. You see, when we have camp and you're not able to go to camp, it's not because you couldn't go to camp. It's because you didn't want to go to camp. Because something else in that same period could take you somewhere. You know that sometimes someone say, I, I couldn't get a time off. But when something really urgent comes, don't make an excuse and get so when you don't want to do something and you don't want to help with something and you don't want to get engaged in something, I just want you to at least reassure yourself that I'm just making an excuse. I'm just making an excuse. I'm just making an excuse. It's not that you can't do it. You can do it. But it's just an excuse. And it's because it's not as important to you. And it's because you are not as interested in it. And it's because you haven't valued it enough. Yeah, you realize that, listen, you will see it even with the little things. A kind of program you really want to watch. Even if you are sleepy, you watch it. But who? Yeah. I remember when Kieran used to think that when he sleeps, things life passes him out. He used to hold his eyelid to ensure that the eyes don't close. And then he'll be there. So that just in case he misses something in life, passes. Yeah. For me, you see, there are a lot of programs on TV I don't like. But if it's news, I'll sleep. I'll watch it, I'll be happy because I want to. But you put as long as you put some movie or something. If you want to put me to sleep, Phoebe said that there's some sitcom. I like the sitcom, but I don't have enough passion for it. So when I start watching it, I go peacefully to sleep. Yeah, but if I'm listening to a news, I want to hear. And sometimes even it's news that they've said it already, that I've heard already. But because they're saying it, I want to hear it. Because for that, I will not make an excuse. For that, I will have a reason. So anything we don't do is because we have made an excuse that we won't do it. So at least reassure yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Do you understand? Just let yourself know that it's not on my to-do. It's not important. Let's rise up to our feet.